This is a presentation of BSRN, Box Studios Radio Network. The Power Play Post Show is on the air, covering minor league hockey since 2003, and now covering the Binghamton Black Bears, with news, reactions, and in-depth interviews only heard here. And now, from the Box Studios in Kirkwood, New York, here is your host of the Power Play Post Show, Bob Howard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Power Play Post Show. This is the show for October 12th, 2023. This is Season 13, Episode 1. Uh, in the long-running standing Power Play Post Show, Episode number 386. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be back. And glad that Binghamton Hockey is back this Saturday. The team will obviously be playing... Um, against the Elmira River Sharks, new team, new name. So we got to go with that. Uh, it's not the Elmira Mammoth anymore, but the River Sharks. And I know there are fans out there in Elmira right now, just about 60 miles west of Binghamton, looking for sharks in the river. I don't think you guys are going to find any, guys. Either way, this is the Power to Play Post Show. Welcome back, everybody. Season number 13, episode number one. I am very excited. I am dubbing this lucky season number 13. Um, glad that some of you have been here since, you know, the early days. And some of you guys are new. Welcome to the show. I've got a great show planned for you. Um, let's get through some of the more important things right now. The Power to Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. Just search the Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search for Power Play Post Show and share any of our show posts to all your friends so they can obviously join as well. Check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton hockey information and curiosity. And on this week's episode of the Power Play Post Show, uh, from Media Day with the Binghamton Black Bears, I talked to Coach Sherwood, Captain of the Black Bears, Tyson Kirkby, forward Connor Smith, and of course, defenseman uh, J.C. Moritz. I had a really good time talking to all four of those gentlemen earlier today. Uh, Media Day was very, very interesting. I haven't been to one in about eight years uh, I did a bunch of them during the B-Sends days. It was actually just a lot of fun. I think the guys uh, all got to do their picture day. It was like school picture day. We'll talk more about media day in just a little bit, but I want to get through some of the big topics coming in to this season, the third season of the Binghamton Black Bears. I think these are five. There's I, there's really five big topics, and there's some obviously some other stories that are going to be happening. So the five top stories coming into Binghamton Black Bears third season. Here we go. Okay, first one is Nikita Ivashkin returns for his third season. Uh, the Binghamton Black Bears announced just this Tuesday that Nikita Ivashkin had re-signed with the team for his third season um, with the Black Bears. Last season, he played 37 games before he was suspended indefinitely. No reason was ever given for the suspension, but the FPHL lifted the suspension over the summer, opening the possibility for the Black Bears to bring the 23-year-old uh, back. Uh, Third-year pro, 
back to the Black Bears. In 93 games, he has scored 91 goals and assisted on 73 others for 164 points. His 91 goals puts him 10th in Binghamton hockey history on the all-time goals list. He's only four goals away from ninth place on the list, uh, tying the legend Jean Ives Roy with 95 goals. He's a legend to some of us Ranger fans and everything. Um, He brings top-notch skating, we all know that, puck handling, and shooting skills to this team. How will his return affect the team? As a lot of people know, he was suspended last year. There were rumors. Nothing was made official. There was no uh, police reports. There was no nothing to know exactly what happened. Okay, Some people out there say they know what happened. I have personally never asked what happened. I've not asked one person. There are people that know. I've had long conversations with Coach Sherwood, um, you know, through text messages, phone calls, and uh, I've never asked. It's none of my business. It's none of anybody else's business except for the team and the people involved in the situation. How will this affect the team going forward? From what I could tell from Media Day today, it seemed like everything was okay. Everybody was, you know, either he came in and he apologized for whatever happened last year or how it affected the team. Um, Either way, anybody that I spoke to today had pretty good feelings about Nikita Ivashkin. Maybe they don't agree with whatever the situation was. Maybe they have problems. But you know what? We live in a country, and I'm going to say this, and I really want to get this out there. We live in a country where people can have second chances. They can go to prison, get out, and live their lives, and sometimes even make millions of dollars. You know, And I'm not going to compare them to any of the people that have been in either sports or music or whatever. You can, you can paint your own lines, and you can point your own fingers, and you can kind of connect whatever dots you want, but there have been people who have done things, gotten in trouble, and, and at this point, from what we know, Nikita Ivashkin never gotten in trouble with anybody. So uh, we don't know the situation, um, but it looks like he has been accepted by the team to come back and play. And if he's, you know, dedicated and hardworking, that's all that matters. So how will his return affect the team? We'll find out. I think so far, so good. And that's what, all that matters. How quickly will his skill set overcome any rusty play? It'll be interesting, right? Because players, when they're away from a team, they need to work on themselves. And they need to work for themselves to get back to wherever they need to be. They need to work with somebody. And they need to have trainers and someone that's looking after them to help them out. So we'll see how he looks in the first game. Yeah, I'll give him even a pass in the first game, right? Because all these players, really, they've only been together for... A week, week and a half, maybe two weeks. So I'll give him a pass the first game. You know, I hope he scores in the first game, especially in front of the home crowd. It'll kind of get everybody, you know, back on his side a little bit, you know, because I think that's important. 
So, but, you know, it, it could take another week of practice just to kind of, you know, because there's going to be new lines. We're going to see a lot of new stuff. We're going to see Jesso on one line. We're going to see Ivashkin on another line. And then, of course, you've got to figure out where's Connor Smith going to play into this because he's a very good player. We, we saw that already at the end of last year. We'll talk to Connor Smith a little bit later on. He's excited to play with uh, Nikita and Dustin and, and see what they, these guys can come up with. Can he have a season as good as his first season where he had 98 points? You know, I think so. I mean, remember, he's 23. He's going to be 24, you know, at, you know, by the end of this year, his birthday sometime at the end of the – in December. He will be 24 years old. He can clearly have another season like he did in the first season. So it will be very interesting. But I think that's one of the big topics this year. The next big topic is that Tyson Kirkby was named captain of the Binghamton Black Bears. I talked to Coach Brent Sherwood about this selection before the season even starts. They've barely been on the ice, maybe a week and a half, right, on the ice. And yet here they are naming Kirkby. And you have to hear why he selected him. And I'll let Brent explain that in the interview in just a little bit. Uh, he's the second team captain and the first captain to be announced before the start of the season. In 64 games played in Binghamton, Tyson has 39 goals, 53 assists for 92 points. Um, last season, at times, stood up for his teammates. You know, we've seen him drop the gloves. He's humble and eager to learn and lead. That's what I get out of Tyson Kirkby. Interviewed him at the end of last season. You can listen to that interview, obviously, on Spotify or any of the platforms that you want to listen to podcasts or even on the one that you're listening to right now. Um, but I believe that he's he's a humble guy. He's eager to learn. He's eager to lead. And he's e- eager to help. That's one of the things you, you'll, you'll hear from Coach Sherwood. And he's also able to take criticism and convey that to his teammates to help them. And I think that's what this is all about. So very interesting, Tyson Kirkby, that's the other main thing. Coming into the season, already a team captain, which I like. Uh, the Binghamton Black Bears also extend their lease with Broome County through 26-27. What does that mean? That means we have four more seasons, including this one that's coming up, of Binghamton Black Bears hockey. That's six seasons of them being here. If they follow through with that and get to 26-27, they would already uh, double how long the Binghamton Black Bears actually played in Binghamton. They only played for three seasons. So I think that's a a pretty cool thing. Also, in season two, they amassed 100,000-plus fans. I think it was like 108,000 fans. It's, uh, you know... It's a, a first in FPHL history. No team has gotten over 100,000. I think there could be two this year. Uh, honestly, I think Carolina or Columbus, one of those two is going to amass 100,000 fans as well. I think this league is growing. I think it's growing slow enough and right enough. Now, remember, the SPHL has been in been around for 20 years. I think the ECHL has been around for 40 years, and I think the ECHL is here to stay. It's not like the UHL, which tried to be uh, the double-A the league, and, and just I think the way the league was run was run poorly, and that's why the UHL is not around anymore and why the ECHL kind of took over that role. 
I think the SPHL is doing a good job of what they're doing. And the FPHL still needs to clean up some business. We already know that. And I think they, they're starting to by bringing in some of these former NHL referees to help their officiating. Because I think the biggest problem in this league, there's a couple big problems. One is one guy, Barry Soskin, owns five teams or four teams, whatever it is. I think it's five teams. And that's already two or three more uh, too many. Okay, so that's that's one thing. The other thing is is the officiating in this league is terrible. You have some skilled players. I think offensively you have some skilled players. Defensively and goaltending wise, it's difficult because they move up really quick and they move on pretty quick. And this is a developmental league; it's meant for that. But uh, you know, I'm getting off on a tangent here about that, but. You know, I think they're heading in the right direction. They just got to keep forging ahead. Unlike the UHL, which got into the whole Danbury Trashers type of scenario where that's what the league was all about. And that's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, they missed out because they were in, you know, Binghamton. They were in Elmira. They were in a few good cities that could have really, including Danbury. But unfortunately, they let that Danbury situation. Danbury situation get away. Speaking of Danbury, my third, fourth topic that I think is really big is Dustin Jesho. Him coming into this, he joins the Black Bears after playing with Danbury the last couple seasons. Uh, Last season, he played for Danbury, had 25 goals, 19 assists in 26 games. Two seasons ago, he had 21 goals, 23 assists in 30 games. Now, what's odd about those two seasons and pretty much his whole career, and I'm going to call it like it is, he hasn't finished a season. You know, um, he has not been able to complete a season. And the kid has game. He has skill. He has the on-ice ability, but something about him is just, you know, he doesn't finish the season. And he has played with Coach Sherwood um, previously together on the same team. So Sherwood knows a little bit about Jesso and has an insight. And he's hoping he can help him. And I hope he can help him too because I think he'd be great for the Binghamton Black Bears and being able to um, maybe possibly have the right kind of grit on the ice with the right amount of skill and the and, and the ability to score, be tough at the same time, and it's important. Ivashkin tried to be tough at times on the ice, and I didn't want him to be. I cringed every time that he dropped the gloves. I realized guys want to stick up for themselves. They want to stick up for their teammates. But Ivashkin, you're a goal scorer. You are a point machine. In some cases, 1.8 points per game. Don't want you getting hurt. Don't want you being involved in stuff like that. Dustin Jeshaw is a different type of player. He's a kind of a player that can, when he's on the ice, he can be tough, but at the same time, he's got the skill to back up anything that he says to a player. Any scrap he might get into, he's going to back it up with scoring as well. He is a wild card because he has not played a full season of pro hockey in his pro career. Hopefully, that will change. Can he and Ivochkin 
supply enough scoring on two lines for the team to be successful this season? I think that's the question that we have going into this season. Okay, there's a couple other questions. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but Dustin Deschow and Nikita Vachkin, maybe last season, maybe more than last season, have had some questions. Let's see if they answer them in the right way. And I hope so for the Binghamton fans. I really do. I hope so for the Binghamton Black Bears. I hope for Sherwood. And I hope for Andreas that this becomes an answer that answers well. And it's all about Sherwood. How can he communicate and engage with these players? And he thinks that with Tyson Kirkby uh, being able to talk to these players, that there's a good possibility that these guys can have a very good season. And you know what? you you got to be positive going into the season. I don't care who you are, what team you play for. You really have to. Uh, lastly, I think the big story, the fifth big story going into this season is that the Black Bears will play the Danbury Hat-Tricks 18 times. They will play six games at home, or nine games at home, nine games in Danbury. It's a series of games that is going to be personal for some players on the ice. It's going to be personal for Jesso because he wants to show up that team that he had some issues with that he sat out. It's going to be personal for Sherwood. It's going to be personal for the Binghamton fans who have lost the last two years in the playoffs. So I think this series is a lot bigger than, oh, my God, we're playing them 18 times. No, yes, we are playing them 18 times. There are other teams that are playing other teams 18 times as well. This is just the way this season schedule is. Complaining about it now isn't going to do you a damn thing. Winning those games... That's a little bit different. And I asked one of the players, you'll hear this a little bit later, how many games do they think they can win against the Danbury Hattricks? You'll hear that in a little bit. The Black Bears are 7-11-1 all-time against Danbury. So Danbury's definitely had their number. Uh, last year, if you remember correctly, the last three games that uh, Black Bears played against Danbury, they played against them very well. And they were starting to get traction on them. Also, at the same time, I don't believe Jesso played in those couple games. Jesso has been good against the Black Bears. The Danbury Hattricks have lost some players this year. Um, Bonell has, has uh, retired. Bedenabet is not going to be back. A lot of players are not going to be back. Um, I really think that Danbury and Binghamton both will have two different rosters than what both teams had last season. Will Gesso, who played for the Hattricks last season, be a factor in games against his former team? This is something that we always look at. You know, when a player leaves Binghamton and comes back and scores against us, it drives us bonkers. Well, hopefully, Dustin Gesso will do the same thing to the Danbury Hattricks. Okay? So that's very important. Normally, the Hattricks are a physical team, okay? Will they get to Ivashkin and other Binghamton scorers, or will the team protect them? This is a concern on my part that the team may not have enough toughness. With Matthew Ballard being called up to the ECHL and um, being up there, that's one less person. 
does J.C. Moritz start to drop the gloves a little bit more? Does he get involved? Does he get physically? He's a big boy. He's six five. You know, people probably uh, don't realize how big he is. He's 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 very big. Um, will some of the other bigger players stand up and get involved and protect our scores? Connor Smith, um, who's a big guy too. I saw him today, stood next to him, was like, you're a lot taller than I thought you were. Uh, he's a big boy. So it would be interesting to see how we protect our goal scorers against. It's something I'm a little bit concerned about, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so here are my quick hits. Thoughts on media day. I thought Media Day went really great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I talked to four different people. I talked to Brooks Hill, which is great. And we're going to have Brooks on next week here on the Power Play Post Show. I'm going to do a sit down with him at the Broom County. Oh, sorry, well, see, I screwed that up already. The Visions Veterans Memorial Reno. We're going to do a sit down with Brooks, uh, go over his career, his you know, basically his life. And He's, he's essentially going to spill it all about him um, here on the Power Play Post show. So that was really great. Um, it was just a lot of fun. You know, the guys had to go do their photo shoots, the headshots that you see on the FPHL and the Binghamton Black Bears website and and whatnot. And, you know, it's kind of like picture day. It's, you know, in high school and stuff. And nobody wants to do it. It's the worst thing and everything. And then you got to go talk to the media. And we're a pain in the ass because we ask all these really dumb questions and everything. But you know what? The guys are smiling. They're having a good time. I think they were just glad that they weren't working out or exercising or practicing because they've been doing a lot of that and which is good um but media day was fun and media day was great and for me personally to be back at media day i haven't done one in eight years it was a lot of fun to be there um i gotta be honest with you when brooks handed me the credential it felt good it felt good to be back it's i'm back it's pretty cool um but I, I, I thought it went really well. It was very relaxed. It was very low-key. The TV guys were there, Fox 40, Channel 34, Channel 12. You'll be seeing stuff, obviously, over the next couple of days from the TV side of things. Um, Ian Mills is a great guy. Love him. I didn't really get to introduce myself to the uh, 34 and the uh, Channel 12. I, I don't want to – it wasn't Jackson Neal was the other one. That was there. So, but it was good. It was a lot of fun. I got to see Bill and Nancy. They're the photographers for the Black Bears. They do a phenomenal job. Just sports photography. Check them out. Yes, Bill, I'm giving you a uh, shout out here. Hopefully, you're listening and having a great time. Um, and uh, no news reporter from the paper because the press doesn't cover hockey anymore. Um, I'm surprised they even probably. I don't even think they have a sports department anymore. Um, if if they cover cover the Rumble Ponies. I'd be absolutely surprised. They'd probably just send a staff writer out there. Um, I did um, I did find out news that Brett Parker was released after coming to camp but injured. So he came to camp. He's injured. I won't tell you the injury that he has. If it gets out there, it gets out there. But he came to camp with an injury. He couldn't even step on the ice. And because he couldn't step on the ice, unfortunately with the rules, they had to let him go. Okay. Uh, so that's one of those things. The other thing I really want to bring up is there's no returning goaltender to start the season as Jeremy Forger could not get a visa to work in the States, as I reported a couple days ago on Facebook. Riley McVeigh has retired uh, from playing to coach, and Taylor Joseph has moved up in the uh, to the SPHL with Peoria, a very good former AHL city 
um, with the Peoria Rivermen. So he's with them right at the moment. Now, there's there's nothing to say that Jeremy Forget figures out the the thing. He can come to camp. He can come to the team. They could potentially sign him again, and he could potentially play. Um, and Coach Sherwood told me he, he's he's open to that. You know, it depends on how he comes in, how he looks in practice. They can sign him to one of those four game contracts, so he could he could come back. Right? Taylor Joseph may not make it up in the SPHL, and he could come back. Although I think Taylor, the, his work ethic and the way he is, he'd do well. The other thing I want to talk about are the twelve players that are either in the SPHL. Or the ECH. I want to thank Gary Ryan for putting this list together and connecting all the dots with the player and the team that they're with. Uh, Gary, you do a great job with the Fed League Flash. I have a feeling I might ask you to, you know, get up to Binghamton. We could record a segment or two, um, which would be really great. Hopefully, um, you'd be up for something like that. So, 12 players that are in the SPHL or the ECHL, thanks to Gary Ryan here, Dakota Bond. Uh, Roanoke, uh, SPHL, Matthew Ballard, obviously with Troy Riviere. I, I probably said that wrong, but that's okay. ECHL. Uh, Jamie Bussell is up in Huntsville. Uh, Coach Sherwood really liked uh, the one day and maybe one game that he saw Jamie Bussell in before Huntsville called him up and said, hey, we're calling up uh, Jamie Bussell. Uh, but if Jamie you know, doesn't stay up there, and I have a feeling he might, um, he's welcome here in Binghamton as well. Um, Colin Fitzgerald, uh, Fitzy is up in Huntsville um, in the SPHL. Taylor Joseph, as I said, is in Peoria. Mac Lewis is in Knoxville in the SPHL. Chad Lopez is getting a shot with the Allen Americans of the ECHL. Um, Michael Mercurio, who I don't think we've ever seen here in Binghamton. He's in Quad City with SPHL, but Binghamton owns his rights. Uh, Quinton Roseboom, a guy, defenseman that we thought Really, we really needed, you know, because he's got some skills. He's in Fayetteville, the SPHL. Jake Schultz, as we all know, is up in Worcester of the ECHL. I hope Jake gets a full season up in the ECHL. You know, I I don't know if he was the best choice for coach or for for captain. Uh, I'm sure he's a great guy. I have no doubt in my mind. He's a he's a great defenseman, good shot, and everything. Um, but I really hope he gets that chance up there for, for a while. Uh, Justin Semerero, uh, Fayetteville, SP. Uh, Ford uh, Gavin Yates is up in Knoxville of the SPHL. So you have a lot of guys, 12 players that I think proved themselves this year and, or last year, and that's why they're getting this chance. There's also something else to think about fans out there about these players. One of the things you have to think about here is that the players themselves also um, are getting moved up, getting these chances because there are more players going back over to Europe. COVID's kind of over with. Players can go back over to Europe, make a little bit more money than they would in the AHL or even the ECHL. So some of those players could go over there. Some players retire. So people move up. It's the whole cyclical part of minor league hockey. The difference between now and 20 years ago is we really didn't have a a single level league you know, 20 years ago, the SP was just starting. The FPHL wasn't even around. And a couple of the other leagues just weren't 
at the level that these two leagues are. Now, again, granted, the FBHL still got some work to do. They got some, you know, things to take care of, and they're trying to do that with the officials this season. And everybody's hoping. And trust me, I had a nice conversation with Coach Sherwood, and we talked about this and everything. So um, I think that's important to note that they are trying to make it better. All right. So we have still a great show for you. Those are the things I wanted to talk about. Obviously, this weekend we're playing against the Elmira River Sharks. If anybody out there is trying to tell you this is what it's going to look like on Saturday, they have no clue. Nobody knows right now, right? I think Elmira's still trying to figure out their team. Binghamton is obviously still trying to figure out their team. I think right now, if you do the math, there are 22 players on the roster, and more than likely, they're going to keep it that way. One of the things I learned today from Coach Sherwood is that 22 players are going to be allowed to stay on the team through the first couple weeks of the season. Okay, So that's very important. We talked about 19 players. There are 22. Basically, Binghamton's at 22 right now, okay? So that means the three gold leads that they have, they can keep and maybe get a game out of all three of them before they might have to make a decision. I think the FPHL jumped the gun way too fast by saying, oh, only 19 players per, per team. And I don't know where that came from. I don't know why they made that decision. It is horrible. How can you run a league? Right Here's a little rant for you. How can you run a league where basically you're going to have one scratch, and if you had two injuries, you're already down to 17 players? That makes no sense. And that can happen in a weekend. You can have injuries in a weekend. Then you got to try to find somebody who's already been told, oh, no, you're not going to play. Either they've gone to a different league, or they've gone overseas, or they've gone back home and gotten a full-time job somewhere because they thought their career was over with. So, unfortunately, I think the FPHL is possibly rethinking the whole 19-man roster. If they keep it that way, fine, whatever. I think everybody's in the same boat if you're at 19. Um, but this isn't just a Binghamton thing. This is a uh, every single team in this league. I think they're going to find that they could lose one or two players in a weekend. And then they're going to be spending half of their week next week, the, the, the next week, looking for players. And nobody wants that. Um, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to end with Coach Sherwood with his interview. But we're going to start off with um, defenseman J.C. Moritz. Earlier today, I spoke to him at Media Day. And you guys are listening to this, obviously, on Thursday. But today on Wednesday, as I'm recording all this all today, because tomorrow is my birthday. So I'm going to kind of take the day off. I'm going to promote the show. um, But I really wanted to get it out there. So I'm recording everything today. Uh, Defenseman J.C. Moritz will be uh, my first guest here. We're going to talk to him about Delaware. Right? He was on Delaware last year. Uh, the year before that, he played 98 games as a defenseman. That doesn't happen that often in this league where a defenseman gets 98 games. Um, and that's pretty close to uh, two full seasons. Everything. I mean, he played two full seasons. But so what I'm saying is, is you know, when you're playing 56 games in a season, that's 112 games, if I can do my math correctly. And he played 98. He only missed 14 games in two full seasons. He's ready to play. He's ready to play for a good team. And we'll talk to him in just a little bit. Um, after that, we'll do uh, forward Connor Smith. 
We'll talk to the Black Bears captain, Tyson Kirkby, and then we'll end it off with Brant Sherwood. Uh, so coming up next here on the Power Play Post Show is Binghamton Black Bears defenseman, J.C. Moritz. We'll be right back right after this, right here on the Power Play Post Show. Hi, this is Don Biggs from the 92-93 Binghamton Rangers. Hi, this is Brandon Bochinski. This is Grady Wittenberg, the voice of the Binghamton Senators, and you're listening to the Power Play Post Show. Here is another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive with Bob Howard. I'm here with uh, J.C. Moritz of the Binghamton Black Bears, defenseman, uh, formerly with uh, the Delaware Thunder. J.C., welcome. Good to have you here and good to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Happy to talk to you as well. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the last couple of years. You were obviously with the Delaware Thunder. Um, you know, if people looked at the numbers, they would see, you know, a team that kind of struggled on the ice. What were your thoughts about your first, you know, those two years? Obviously, you played in Slovakia beforehand and everything, but talk about those two years in the FAD. You played a lot of games. I mean, you were a guy that didn't get injured that often, or at least not injuries that would keep you off the ice and everything. But talk a little bit about, um, you know, those two seasons with Delaware because you played a lot of games for them. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely an interesting experience. It's always going to have a special place for me just because, uh, you know, they let me continue my career after the uh, pretty much the world shut down with, sure. with the pandemic and everything. So uh, always going to have a special place for me. And the fans are great. Um, just wish we could have won a little bit more. Uh, to your point, yeah, I try to be – uh, as gutty as I can, try to play through some stuff that maybe other guys wouldn't. Um, you know, it's just kind of just kind of a hockey player mentality, I guess you would say. Absolutely, and uh, you know, the players themselves, you know, when they go on the ice and they know they're not winning, how tough is it to get through another game where you may not get that win? Because I can only imagine kind of beating yourself up every single time you go out there you're, you're, you want to win and things are just not coming through how tough is that uh well it kind of depended on where we are uh at home we all wanted to play for the fans uh, the fans in delaware were great um and i'm looking forward to being in binghamton and kind of getting that uh amplified yeah but uh on the road it was definitely tough you know you got to get on the bus you got to take your gear you know you're going to the rink and uh, you know, you just kind of have to compartmentalize, you know, all the other games, all the other, you know, I played 98 games there, yeah. and on the last one, you know, the other 97 didn't matter, it was only about that 98th one. Because you guys knew that the team was going to be back the next year, and that you guys were all going to probably be moving on to other situations. Uh, we really didn't know too much about what was going on until the summer. Yeah. Um, you know, we were kind of, I don't want to say kept in the dark, but, you know, we were still counted on to play so um we got, we all kind of had a feeling towards yeah. the end it was nice to finish off at home mm-hmm. um but you know we never really knew for sure that the thunder was not going to be back right so difference between the visiting locker room here at the arena versus the home locker room at the arena a little bit nice uh, accommodations over here versus over there huh yeah, I mean, the away locker room here is great, too. So, <laughs> you better know, than some of the home locker rooms probably in other rinks. Well, I can't speak to any other rink besides <laughs> here and, and, and Delaware, but, I mean, if I had that as a, as a setup, you know, the, the away room here, 
I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah. So to come in here and see the facilities, the locker room, and everything that they have set up for the players here is it's amazing. When you look at some of the rinks in the league, some community, some a little bit bigger than this. Is it is it is a weird feeling going from you know one community rink to a bigger rink or or is it just a nice refreshing thing to be in a bigger rink like this? I think it's uh it's definitely refreshing. Um, like I said, the fans in Delaware are crazy. Only eight hundred yeah. fans, but you know. And you can hear them loud. online. They were yeah. loud. Yeah. That's the, that's the crazy thing. It's like there's only eight hundred people there, and they sound louder than. It's sometimes in Binghamton. It's it's funny how that works. Well, I mean, every time I came up here, it was like sold out, and they all hated us, and it was great. I love it, uh, but I'm happy to be on the other side of that for sure. Um, kind of going back to, you know, this is one of my favorite rinks to play in uh, as an away player because, you know, in Danbury, they're all hanging over the ice here. It's just more of an arena-type setup, and, um, you know, it kind of brings me back to playing in Slovakia. You know, it was a 5,000-seat sure. arena over there, and, you know, the fans are going crazy, big jumbotron, and... So, I mean, it's not completely foreign to me, but it's just going to be a little bit of a change of pace. What's the difference between playing pro hockey in Slovakia versus playing pro hockey in America? Are there some differences that you could uh, pinpoint? I would say mostly, for me in particular, it's the defensive zone. Okay. There's so much more space uh, over there that I was doing too much when I first mm. got there, and it took... Uh, the goalie coach of all people, he spoke English and uh, was like, you just stop. You know, stay inside the dots. Let them have all that space out there. As soon as they come in, then you hit. And then after after I got the feel of that, uh, you know, started to get a little more ice time and everything. And then, you know, coming back to uh, America, you know, this is a obviously a standard NHL size rink that yep. we play on. Some of them aren't like that. So it's just kind of getting used to... Um, the, the tighter quarters again. Yeah. What, what's been camp been like? Obviously, you're now with a new coach, uh, Coach uh, uh, Brent Sherwood and everything. What's camp been like for you in practices, and what's that been like so far? It's been a really easy transition. Uh, spending two years in the league and, you know, kind of being, I don't want to say the guy in Delaware, but, you know, a prominent face. I kind of looked like, you're like the, the logo. Iron Man because yeah. you played 98 games there in two seasons. That doesn't happen that often in this league, you, especially with defensemen. I mean, because defensemen can move up and down and, and just, you know, just because it's, you know, there's less defensemen, less goaltenders, that type of thing. So it's, it's been a little bit of an easier transition, like I was saying. Uh, you know, playing against guys like Kirkby two years in a row, uh, Walters two years in a row. Uh, Stanko at the end of last year, you know, a bunch of the guys. You're happy not to be playing against them this year, then. <laughs> For sure, yeah, yeah. They made my life a little bit miserable at times, but. Uh, but you're a big boy. You're <laughs> one of the biggest. You're going to be one of the biggest guys out on that ice, almost against any team you play against and everything. And you going to use that body to make sure that they can't get past you. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, using my reach, I have a pretty long stick and long arms. Uh, using my stick well and uh, making sure that my feet are always moving. I pride myself on one-on-ones. You know, if someone gets by me on a one-on-one, I'll go to bed thinking about it. Uh, even if we won the game, I'll be mad about it the next day. Um, you know, that's something I take a lot of pride in. So uh, just trying to keep the puck out of the net as best I can. Gotcha. Who on the defensive, you know, of the defensive core, who do you really want to, you know, kind of be on a line with? 
there anybody that really kind of stands out to you? You're like, hey, I, I want to be on a line with him. Because I know a lot of times coaches will put a stay-at-home defenseman like yourself, somebody mm-hmm. who really knows how to protect the net and everything, with somebody who can really move the puck as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think that there's uh, any particular guy that I would absolutely, you know, want to play with. I've played with Wild in the past when we were both on Delaware, so we have a little bit of chemistry going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, Walters and I could be a pretty good shutdown pair, and, you know, we have a whole bunch of young guys that are uh, looking pretty good so far. I'd play with any of them, too. So, you know, I have no no true, like, I really want to play with this guy because I'd like to play with all of them. Gotcha. Do you think the team is going to um, have a – let me phrase it this way. Obviously, the goaltenders haven't had any pro experience. All three of these goaltenders, two are going to get picked, obviously, to move on. Egbert, I think, was already uh, signed to his standard contract, so he's obviously going to be here this Saturday. Is it going to be difficult for the defensive core because you guys know you have to step back and maybe help these rookies, rookie goaltenders, kind of get through a couple games first before they can get their feet really going? I don't think so. I don't think we have to come too far out of what we do. I mean... Playing against Binghamton has been a really good team for both of my years in this league, and I think the more you try to change your style for any particular reason, uh, it can actually hamper your game a little bit. So I think if we just kind of stick to what we're doing, the systems that uh, Coach Sherwood's putting in place, I think we'll be all right. Like, obviously, we're going to have to take some pride in blocking shots and keeping lanes clear, but in terms of changing anything, I don't think we really need to. Okay, I asked this really dumb question to Connor Smith. I'm going to ask you, who's the funniest guy in the locker room? Oof. And you can't say yourself. No, it's definitely not me. I think I'd have to... I mean, Wally's got some pretty good ones. Stanks is pretty funny. Uh, that's Stanko and, yep. and Walters. Um, I, I, It's tough. You know, we've got a really good group of guys so far. Everyone's kind of gelling already. I was going to ask you, are people gelling and getting along and uh, enjoying it? And do you like the fact that you're not going to have to play against Gesso He's going to be on your team this year because, because not. I mean, what's interesting about Jesso is he's physical, yeah, and he's skilled with the puck. I always, you know, I I always had him and a couple other guys circled on the lineup sheet going into games. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know the names going into it when you played Carolina in the past. You had to sure. shut down Gus Ford and Butita. Yeah, when you played here, it was uh, Avashkin and Jurich. Yeah. and others, and Danbury, Ruiz, just so, like, I always try to minimize the impact that those guys can have on a game, and, uh, you know, having just so and Avashkin on the same side as myself now, it takes a couple names off that list for me, makes my life a little bit easier. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate talking to you. We'll talk to you throughout the season. All right. Absolutely. Thank- you're a Binghamton hockey fan, then you need to check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your news, stats, information, the Binghamton Hockey Hall of Fame, top 10 lists, profiles, and so much more. That's BinghamtonHockey.net. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show.
All right, I'm here with uh, Connor Smith Ford for the Binghamton Black Bears. Uh, Connor, first of all, thank you very much for uh, talking to me and everything. Um, and welcome back to Binghamton. Obviously, you're going to go into your first full season as a, as a pro and everything. What are you looking forward to the most coming into the season? I'm looking forward to the group of guys that we got a lot. I think uh, we've gotten along really well so far. I mean, it's only been a week, but I don't see any big problems coming with this group of guys. I think everybody's... Uh, doing their part and yeah making everybody else better around them you uh came into the uh to the league last year played about six games before the playoffs and everything it seemed to blend and gel very easily with this team was it really about the players was it about the coach what 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 made it so easy for you to just blend in with these guys I think it was just all of it. I mean, everybody last year welcomed me in right away. I didn't have any issues with anybody. Everybody was super polite and friendly with me. And obviously, Coach Sherwood, he's, he's been a great uh, great help for me transitioning into professional hockey. So, it's yeah, it's been great to be here so far. Um, what was the transition like from collegiate hockey, club hockey, to the pro game? Uh, I, I felt like I had a lot more time with the puck. It seemed like the bigger ice definitely helped a lot, but uh, oh, smaller just, ice than Adrian? Just a little bit, yeah. Okay. Not not crazy. I mean, just the rink just feels smaller because there's not thousands of seats. There's only a few hundred, so yeah, it uh, it definitely helped a lot with with the bigger ice sheet. Just being able to see the ice a little better and find guys a little easier. Um, the facilities there in Adrian, um, as we were talking a little bit off air, um, obviously good facilities there, but a bigger rink here. Does does getting out on the ice and seeing more space make it difficult or even a little bit easier for you? I think it's a little bit easier. I mean, obviously you got to work a little bit harder to get up and down the ice, but I think it, it's a lot easier to make passes and find guys because you have a lot more time and space with the puck. Um Guys, this this year, um, Nikita Ivashkin is back. Dustin Gesso is coming over from Danbury and everything. And I know you haven't played against or with either one of those two. What are you looking forward to on the ice with those guys? Jusso uh, especially, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him in a real game. I mean, I obviously saw him at camp and stuff, and he's a super skilled guy. He's really fast, so it's a little hard to keep up with if you're uh, on a line with him. But I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, put a couple pucks in the back of the net and make some great passes. And then as for Nikita, I just he's hard to move off the puck. He's so strong on his feet and sees the ice really well, so I'm looking forward to seeing that in a game. Is he one of the better skaters that you've seen? Because like, one of the things that we noticed about Nikita probably over the, uh, the the past couple seasons, his ability to go east and west while going north and south at the same time. I, I know that sounds crazy, but not a lot of players can do that as well as what we've seen from him, especially in this league. Yeah, I mean, he moves really well on his feet, and he's super strong. It's hard to take the puck from him. I mean, I've seen it in practice. It's RD even struggle with getting the puck from him because he's just so stable. It's just hard to push him over. How do you guys help out the defense and obviously some goaltenders that might be, eh, there's some rookies obviously goaltending uh, that are going to be starting off this season. What do you guys do as a forward bunch that can help the defense and the goaltenders? Uh, we just got to make sure that we're getting back on, on the back check and playing our positions how we should. And I have confidence in all these D and our goalies that they're going to do just fine. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some couple dumb questions. Who's the funniest guy so far in the locker room? Funniest guy? 
That's that's a tough one. Um, it depends, because there's some guys that are just funny to like laugh at because they do dumb stuff, but then there's guys that are just naturally funny. So I'd probably have to say Narek, uh, yeah. the kid from Quebec. He's he's pretty funny. Just his his accent alone just makes me laugh. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what are you looking forward to the most playing on um, Saturday night here in front of the the Binghamton crowd? I'm just looking forward to seeing all the fans back here cheering, cheering us on again. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved every minute of it last year, so just looking forward to being back here and playing another game at home. Awesome. Connor, good luck this season. We'll talk to you more maybe throughout the season, okay? Thank you. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. Here is another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive with Bob Howard. Tyson, first of all, congratulations on being named captain. Uh, I think this is the first year in the three years that they named captain before the season started. So obviously Coach has a lot of faith in you. Uh, you must be pretty excited. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge honor. Um, I'm very excited to to lead this group, and uh, I'm very happy that Sherwood uh, trust me to do that job. What kind of things did you learn from Jake Schultz last year, last year's captain, and uh, what kind of things did he kind of like help teach you to be a leader this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think Jake did a great job last season uh, leading uh, on the ice for sure. He was, uh, you know, a workhorse for us on the back end. So that hard working effort and showing up every day, uh, coming to the rink ready to go. And I just hope to build off that and uh, show these new guys how to go. Now I know most players maybe don't really care about logos and colors and stuff like that but the team has come off with some new you know threads and a new logo out in center ice and everything what are your thoughts on that yeah i think it's awesome i think uh we were we they want to change some things up give us kind of a fresh start and a fresh look out there and uh, i think so far all the guys love love how they turned out and uh the logo at center ice is pretty sharp looking so i'm excited to play home games here what kind of things have has brant asked from you to help with the new players coming in or even the returning players? Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, he just wants me to show show these guys the, the way, lead by example. Um, but behind the scenes, I'm doing a lot more to help out with him and kind of let him focus more on the X's and O's and the coaching uh, decisions. So I've been handling uh, the community service and stuff like that and scheduling all that with uh, the people upstairs in the front office. So I think just making that little change will help Brant uh, have more time to focus on the X's and O's, and uh, yeah. Is coaching something that you've wanted to get into? Is it something that is like the career after playing? I think it's definitely an option. I think that I have a great mind for the game, and I think that would translate well into a coaching position in the future. And I talked with Brant over the summer, and that's kind of how we got to the player assistant uh, role as um yeah, that's something I see for myself in the future, and I think it's a great experience to, to learn from him and um, help you know clip video and stuff like that and just see the ins and outs behind the scenes of being a coach and what it takes. 
One of the uh, new players is John Moritz. He played with Delaware the last couple of years. The guy's a monster. He's like six five. He's at least six or seven inches taller than you. What do you think uh, about John's play so far in practice? Yeah, he's looked good. I think uh, you know we lost uh, Schulte and uh, and Coachman, two bigger guys on the back end. So bringing in some more size, some toughness, um, it always helps. You know, he's uh, he's a guy that's going to go out there and kill penalties for us. He's going to be hard to play against, especially in the D zone, uh, laying the body. So I think it's someone that will help us for sure. Now, obviously, there's a returning player that, you know, a lot of people are going to be talking about, Nikita Ivashkin. Um, his skill is evident. Everybody knows it and everything. What are your thoughts about bringing him back into the fold and, uh, you know, being a member of this team? Yeah, I think um, everyone deserves a second chance. Obviously, everyone knows what uh, transpired last season, but a lot of us wouldn't be here without a second chance uh, somewhere along in life. So, um, you know, he's came in with a new attitude, and uh, we're just looking to see what he can bring for us. Obviously, everyone knows that he's a prolific goal scorer, um, and anytime you can add, you know, a 50-60 goal guy to your lineup, it's going to help, especially, uh, you know, in the playoffs last year, we kind of lacked that secondary scoring. So, obviously, it's a big boost to our offensive uh lineup and yeah what about a guy like connor smith came in last year played six games three games in the playoffs as well um definitely has the ability to score goals uh, what are your thoughts on connor smith uh, so far this year getting a full season and we'll definitely get to see what kind of player he's really going to be yeah for sure i think anytime you know a guy can come out of college and get his feet wet in the pro game um it's going to give you a good chance to set yourself up for success the following season like those games at the end of the season you know they were against i think elmira and delaware but it's good for him to get in get his feet wet and then you know experience playoffs like that's huge for a guy so now he knows what to expect coming into this season and uh, obviously he know he knew how to prepare during the off season and he looks good in camp so far what are you going to do different this year being that you know, the first season you were here for like 17 games something like that and then the second season you you know played a full season what are you looking to do this year what do you want to improve on yourself um just you know my 200 foot game contributing at both ends of the ice obviously love to score goals and put up points but um as a centerman kind of transition there in the middle of the season um i like to play a 200 foot game so keeping more pucks out of our net um so yeah, just overall uh, 200 foot game. Is the hardest thing at this level to play defense? It, it seems like you know some of the games have a little bit higher scoring. Is it hard to play defense at this level? I think for you know a lot of teams, uh, they have a lot of skilled players, right? And so the defensive zone needs more focus, and it can get a little scrambly at times in there. So mm -hmm. communication is key. But anytime you can keep the puck out of your net, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. 18 games against Danbury this year. What record would you like to see the Black Bears have against Danbury at the end of the season? Realistically, not the uh, you know good for audio type of thing. A realistic number. What do you think you guys can do, or what would you like to see the team do against Danbury this year? Yeah, you know, um, we lost some players, but we replaced them with some really good players. And I see Danbury; they lost a few guys as well. And I think. Um, I think the guys that we brought in are, are hungry mm -hmm. and um, they're really excited to get going. And I think 12 and 6 against Danbury, um, that puts us in a really good spot to set up uh, the first seed in our conference and uh, home ice. One of the guys that they lost is Justin Gesso, who is here in camp as well. Your thoughts on him so far as a player? Because he could really add to that mix where you have. Maybe you and Nikita on one line, Justin. I mean, there's there's a lot of scenarios there that could really make this team really potent. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, 
Last year our offense was was lethal, and I think this year it's it's going to be that much farther. Uh, you know, um, a guy like Dustin, he's uh, very skilled. We saw his numbers in Danbury last year speak for themselves. So uh, yeah, we're just hoping that he steps in and continues to play how he did there and uh, put some pucks in the back of the net for us. Better on this side now, the ice than the other side of the ice, right? For having him here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he plays the, he plays a hard game. Um, he's not just a guy that's going to score and, and shy away from the physicality and stuff like that. He's a guy that gets under guys' skin, and um, you know, any time a guy can do that and still put up the numbers he does, it's very valuable. Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hi, this is Don Biggs from the 92-93 Binghamton Rangers. Hi, this is Brandon Bochinski. This is Grady Wittenberg, the voice of the Binghamton Senators, and you're listening to the Power Play Post Show. Here is another Power Play Post Show interview exclusive with Bob Howard. Brant, let's talk a little bit about camp and practice so far. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you think the team is starting to come together. Um, I just think it's highly competitive, so we're having very high-paced practices. Um, it's just pretty intense overall. Guys are competing for spots, whether the goalie position with three guys back there, whether it's the D with... Um, with seven defensemen all battling for those last couple spots, and the same thing with forwards. Forwards are always uh, looking over their shoulder, and they they got to bring their A game almost every day. So um, right now I'm just I'm happy with uh, the energy in the locker room and on the ice. Things got trimmed down to three goaltenders, Jeremy Forget, issues with him being able to be here and everything. What do you like about these three young goaltenders? Because they have no Fed or even pro experience at this point. Yeah, so I like uh, I like where they came from. Um, they came from some good colleges: Egbert, Brockport, Makanama, um, UMass, Boston. Yeah, not too much time there. And then Levecki, obviously no college, but they came from really good programs. So um, where they played juniors, um, Makanama, he was uh, in NCDC with uh, the Bandits, and then Egbert, I believe, was in the EHL, and then Levecki was in the NA. And um, he also came from a good Rochester program where uh, the, the Collins brothers run it out of Fairport and they're producing Division One guys. So Levecki is one of those guys that fell through the cracks through uh, Division One hockey, um, grew up homeschooled mm-hmm. and uh, tough uh, past clearinghouse with some of those things. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very lucky to have those guys in that. And, yeah, they might not have the Fed experience, but um, I – tend to shy away from Fed experience just because it's like if you have a guy that's played in this league for five, six years. Bad habits? Bad habits, maybe a little too comfy. Maybe mm. they're just hanging out and passing time and don't want to get a real job. Been a part of bad systems, things of that nature. I mean, that, you've got a guy like Moritz who was in a system in Delaware where the numbers look bad, but that doesn't mean he's a bad player. Exactly. So maybe it's just the environment they're in. And same thing with Noah Wild and anyone that comes from uh, another organization. Like when they get here, it's uh, it's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. So they get that uh, kind of second chance. And maybe they're looking for a coach or an organization that takes this league seriously where maybe they, in other places, it might be ran like a gong show. And <laughs> they, they might not have the structure in place for the guys to uh, succeed. One of the things that I noticed last year is that when you brought people in, 
they hadn't played in the Fed or they hadn't played for another team in the Fed and everything. Um, and now this year, you can build the team that, the way you want to and work with Andreas to get the players that you want to bring in here. There's a mindset, a different mindset between Gary Gill and Brent Sherwood. So yeah. talk about being able to kind of create your own team this year. Um, so I, I like the idea of just bringing in guys that want to move up and win a championship. Like I don't necessarily look around the league and I'm like, I need a guy, I need Dalton Jay or I need uh, mm. Petro Antonio down in Columbus. I, I do like respect those guys and I think they're good leaders and I still think they work hard. But um, there's something about just like a guy that's hungry and wants to make the climb. Sure. And I'll help them do that, whether it's within the year or it's after the season and we have a successful year. We've seen that this year with how many call-ups. And um, I think that creates an attractiveness to our places. Like, hey, if you go to Binghamton, they're going to look out for your best interests. They're going to they're going to keep the players' interests in mind. And um, at the same time, we're all about winning and winning championships and all that stuff. But um, ultimately, this is a developmental league. Sure. It's not a hangout league. Like I, I really think you should be spending four to five years max in this league. And if it, it doesn't happen, it's like kind of like, what? What's what going are you on? doing? Yeah, because yeah, then you're just prolonging your next career. So we're trying to prepare these guys for the real world, not to mm-hmm. play hockey for their entire life because that's going to end at some point. And I experienced that. Like when I was down in Roanoke, it was uh, I've, I I had a tough time transitioning to the work world. Yeah, but I got it done, and then hockey kind of presented itself, and it came back into my life at Temple, and then this job presented itself. And it was, it's, there's nothing like being in a locker room, but um, you just don't want to waste time. And sure. I do feel like the, I call them the old fed boys. <laughs> they, they become comfy cats and yeah. they're the type of people that are like, do you know who I am? And yeah. um, we don't have that cockiness yeah. in our locker room this year. And that's what I really love about this team is like, they're out there to prove something, and um, I, I couldn't be happier with this group so far. So let's talk about the two tough players to talk about because there's history. Let's talk about Dustin and Nikita. Obviously, Dustin came from a team, Danbury. Um, you know, we, you and I both have never been in Danbury, never played or coached or done anything in Danbury. We don't know what the situation was like there, but throughout his career, he hasn't played a full season. Uh, Nikita suspended last year. How do you integrate those two players who are highly skilled players? Let's, let's be honest. We all know their skill level. How do you integrate them into a team where you want it to be a team atmosphere? You want them to interlock and be a part of it and not have problems. Yeah, so definitely, like, it. I mean, the resumes, like, show it. There, there's some red flags there. And Jesso, um, we could we could blame it on um, environment, coaches, all that, but there is a history of him switching teams or not finishing seasons, stuff like that. But I, I played with Jesso. I have a feeling I can reach him, and um, I just don't want to see wasted talent happen. And I, I believe in his abilities, mm-hmm. and him as a as a hockey player. It's just me being.
being able to manage him and manage his emotions on the ice, making sure he's not doing those 10-minute uh, misconducts by mouthing off to the referee and just focusing on playing the hockey game and putting the team first and winning. Um, I think I can uh, help him with that, but um, so far he's meshing with his teammates, and I, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what happens with him for and, a full season. Right, for a full season. And what about Nikita? So with Nikita, yes, um, huge mistake last year. Um, just, you know, no no excuses. I'll just leave it at that. Sure, absolutely. But um, I'm a coach, and this is an organization that believes in giving people second chances. I, I do believe people can change. I believe um, that's what kind of the United States is about mm. like you, like we we all are not perfect people and we all make mistakes and yeah completely um, utterly like just downright bad bad mistake but um, I I think Nikita his whole thing is like we know what he can do on the ice it's all about meshing with his teammates mm-hmm. and I think learning English will uh, will be a huge advantage for him uh, meshing well in the locker room over the past two days, it's been it's been good. And you brought in another Russian to maybe kind of kind of help there. Yep, and again, that's off. <laughs> He's a awesome guy that um, he can kind of translate those messages if they get lost um, sure. in translation. But um, yeah, with Nikita, um, we are happy to have him back. And I do believe people can change, and um, I, I really believe he's done that through rehabilitation, um, being suspended, being kicked off the team, and um, we're just hoping for the best for him. But no matter what, I will always do what's best for this locker room down the road. You named before the start of the season Tyson Kirkby as the captain of the Binghamton Black Bears. Um, that doesn't always happen in an organization where um, a team names a captain um, before the season starts and everything. What do you see in Tyson that made you go, yep, he's the guy, other than me saying Captain Kirkby? Because I still, when I hear that, <laughs> it, it, it just clicks, eh? yeah, yeah, it clicks for me. Um, so Captain Kirk, I mean... <laughs> Just the name. You know, I mean, Gene Rodberry so. got it right, so yeah. maybe yeah. Brad Sherwood yeah. has too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but no, I'm. Uh, it's Kirkby wants to be here, and his commitment, I think, is second to none. He's the most committed guy here. He loves it here. He wants to be the face of this organization. He's always first to volunteer, whether it's in the. Uh, community with the media mm-hmm. he's he's going to step up and be at the schools he's going to be at the hospitals he's going to be uh the face of this organization and um he he wants it mm-hmm. and he wants to show these younger guys how to do it but my my reasoning behind it is i can hold kirk be accountable and if you can hold your captain accountable without a huff and puff or <laughs> um kind of an eye roll then I can hold that whole team accountable and yeah. everyone's free game and it's not like I'm attacking these guys but um, just being able to send a message to your leader and him being able to take it learn from it and make this team better is like I think it's the biggest thing and also we we have a 
we kind of share the same thoughts in hockey as far as like how we expect to play. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the same terminology. I I couldn't ask for a better right hand man, and I I think Kirby's honestly going to be a really good coach one day. Yeah. Um, what's go- what's going to be his role as an assistant coach for you? What what's he going to help with um, X and X's and O's wise that maybe will take a little bit of pressure off of you? Handling certain things. So he he's gonna help me with video and stuff, like what we want to show throughout the week, whether um, it's uh, some weaknesses from the past weekend or sure. some positives. Hey, we need to see more of this, or hey, like we're not doing this. So mm-hmm. um, I honestly run everything by <laughs> Kirkby, whether it's the practice plan, whether I'm showing video, sure. whether it's chalk talk. I go, hey, what, like, what do you think of this? And he'll be like, yeah, it's good, but also you should maybe mention this. Yeah. And I'll be like, all right, cool. Like, hey, when I bring this up, just chime in, speak up. And um, that's how our chalk talks, that's how our videos are. It's um, it's an open discussion. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm like this genius that knows the game better than anyone else. But um, I want guys to ask questions. I want it to be a free environment where guys can speak up. Hey, coach, I don't, I don't understand this. Instead of sitting in their stalls mm-hmm. all quiet, like uh, worrying about making a mistake. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he'll be helping on the hockey operations side, mm-hmm. but um, mostly his his job is just representing this organization very well, and he's uh, crushing it in that aspect. He wears the number 17. There was a 17 that uh, wore the captaincy here in Binghamton for a very long time, Denny ML, right? Um, guy who played in Rochester, where you're from and everything. You may have watched him uh, I probably did. Uh, up, in, <laughs> up in Rochester and everything. So that number kind of holds some meaning. Who else in uh, on this roster is going to be a leader for you? There's, uh, there's a bunch of guys, and uh, we'll start naming um, some assistant captains mm-hmm. soon, but I consider it like a leadership group. Um, there might be guys that might not be wearing a letter, right. but they like are leaders. Right. They just don't have the label. And um, it's guys like Stanko, Thompson, Jesse Anderson, Connor Smith, um, Andrew Logar. Um, Hey Tucker, why don't you pipe it down there, buddy? <laughs> um, sorry, he's got some a little peanut gallery in the back, and then uh, he's got a mascot here in his office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't know if I mentioned Walters before Tucker interrupted, but uh, right. Wally, he is—he's a guy that's like one of the best human beings I've met. It seems like every person I've ever talked to that has talked to Walters loves this guy. Love him. Yeah. Love him. It's very easy. I don't know um, if it's his missing teeth or what, but... Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, but, I, I'm going to have to get a picture of him now. <laughs> but, um, no, he just, like, he's just a good guy that just puts the team first, like, team first no matter what. And um, I'm so happy to have him back. I'm so happy to have him, like, healthy and recovered. And he's uh, he's got a new daughter and great family and um we're very lucky to have them this upcoming uh saturday uh first game was supposed to be friday obviously the elmira game uh the ice isn't going to be ready so that's been shifted off to uh i believe march 1st for that particular game but so first game saturday night guys haven't had a lot of time together they'll get an extra day now which is kind of nice and everything what are you looking for from the first game um i'm looking to keep it simple like First game, you need to have quick shifts. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of the puck wisely. It's no time to start uh, bringing out the dangles at the offensive mm-hmm. blue line and having turnovers. 
I want a, I want a simple game, and I want guys to stay fresh. I don't want guys to get caught out there too long. And then I got, I want guys to know what we're we're doing, whether it's a control breakout, whether it's our neutral zone regroups, O zone rotation, our D zone, any guys on point and alert, um, just so like we're we're all on the same page. So it's kind of that initial like, hey, like. I want you guys fired up, I want high energy, I want you guys skating as fast as you can, but at the same time, like, recognizing your structure and where you're supposed to be positionally. So, um, yeah, that's what that's what I'm expecting from these guys. I'm expecting, expecting them to uh, come flying out of the gate, but um, just being, uh, being aware of where they need to be positionally. A week from this Saturday, you guys play your first game against Danbury. Okay. Have you been thinking about that game for a while? Yeah, all summer. I mean, okay. It's uh, I, I consider it unfinished business. I think we were one goal away, and I think uh, that's why home home ice advantage is everything in this league. Um, we saw it with them. Like uh, they they almost lost a game on the road to Elmira, but they lo- lost a game pretty uh, big to us uh, here in our building, and um, we go over there and. We get, in my opinion, dominated that Saturday night game. Yeah, the score was a lot closer. There's a couple empty nets. Whatever. I st- I don't think we deserved to win that game. And then that Monday, that Monday game was just a 50-50 toss-up. It was right. one-one going in the third. We're one goal away from the championship, uh, hmm. and being on the other end of that. But um, I th- I do think it's super important. Um, I honestly, I when a team wins Stanley Cup. You win the Commissioner's Cup, you try to steal a lot from what they do. Yeah. And I think Billy's done a great job of just having the right guys. That I think our roster was better than theirs last year. It, but you look at it and you're like, oh, this guy's had this many goals at this level. They had hungrier mm-hmm. players. They were dogs. They were blocking shots, sacrificing the body, hitting everything. And then um, ultimately I think Brian Wilson kind of yeah. – Stole, stole the game, stole a couple games, and that happened against Carolina, too. Well, he may not be in the league anymore, um, which is we'll good. See what happens good for in everybody uh, here. Huntsville. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens in Huntsville, which I think you guys have a couple of players up in Huntsville as well. So yeah, yeah, Fitz is up there, and uh, Jamie Bussell. Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. And Jamie Bussell is a great player who probably deserves that chance up there. One hundred percent. He he did a great job for him in uh, playoffs and. Um, Jamie, I only got to meet him for two ga- yeah, two days yeah. before uh, Glenn called me, uh, the coach of Huntsville, and he's like, hey, I, I'm, I just want to give you a heads up that Jamie's getting called up, and I'm like, I didn't even get to see him play. But, uh, no, happy for him and happy for Fitz. We're, we're happy for all the guys that get called up, and if uh, things don't work out, we'll have open arms for him yeah. to come back. But, um, awesome. yeah, we're, we're excited to, to move players up and uh, and help them follow their dream. Coach, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Obviously, you and I will talk all throughout the season. Sure. And I uh, uh, appreciate it. And good luck this weekend. Thanks so much. Thanks. you're a Binghamton hockey fan, then you need to check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your news, stats, information, 
the Binghamton Hockey Hall of Fame, top 10 lists, profiles, and so much more. That's BinghamtonHockey.net. You're listening to the Power Play Post Show. And I want to thank everybody who came on the show uh, this week. Uh, I want to thank, first of all, Rob Lapolis, our MC, John Petitucci, our musical director, and of course, our guest this week, Coach Brant Sherwood, Tyson Kirkby, the captain of the Binghamton Black Bears, Connor Smith, and of course, J.C. Moritz. And thank you to all the fans for listening to the Power Play Post Show. Don't forget, you can uh, the Power Play Post Show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Just search Power Play Post Show on whichever platform you listen to your podcast and subscribe. Please join the Power Play Post Show Facebook group. Just go to Facebook and search for for Power Play Post Show and share any of your show posts to all of your friends. Check out BinghamtonHockey.net for all your Binghamton Hockey information and curiosity. And I want to thank you again for listening to the show. I really appreciate it, and I hope everybody has a great time this weekend at the Binghamton Black Bears as they face off against the Elmira River Sharks. I will have a game recap shortly after that game is over with, and you can always go to BinghamtonHockey.net for even the uh, the box score of that game and a little mini recap there as well, if that's what you like to do, and it's all mobile-friendly and easy to navigate. So thanks everybody again for listening to the Power Play Post Show. And I'll talk to you next time. for listening to this edition of the Power Play Post Show. Be sure to tune in next week to the Box Studios Radio Network for all the latest Black Bears news and interviews from around minor league hockey. The Power Play Post Show would like to thank John Patitucci for all the music you hear on the show. You've been listening to the Power 